0: Sunday, I got to got to hold some exotic animals and drink some beer today, so I'm, I'm not terrible.
1: Wow, so what kind of exotic
0: animals? I, uh, I got to actually hold an Arctic fox and a bobcat. Nice. Yeah, we went to this weird. they call it a zoo, but it's not open to the public. What they specialize in is like bringing animals out to like your event to be like a petting zoo or whatnot. So it was just kind of bizarre. They had like a Father's Day thing at their sort of farm thing, and they had a band playing and people showing up. And this lots sounds of kids very, running very around. sketchy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, there are lots of kids running around. It seemed like an, a lot of the people knew each other, were like friends and family, but it was also open to the public. Like they advertised it on Facebook. And then, like, there's just this total smorgasbord of animals, like, that you can just kind of walk up to and pet. Like, they had three huge bears, which was the only animals that I could not walk right up to their cage and let them sniff me. Like, they had two Arctic or two timber wolves. They're not full grown, they're puppies, but they were still just right there. They had wolves just, or foxes just out and about, like, on leashes and stuff. I held this tiny, tiny little bobcat it was you know food for the soul for me but uh yeah it's also a little strange like i'm a little conflicted about it mainly i just want to be their friends and bring home that bobcat
1: wow yeah that sounds like a local newspaper story just waiting to happen (laughs) yeah area man attacked by bobcat their neighbors must hate them
0: because you know they're out in the boonies, kind of on the extreme edge of the burbs here for Minneapolis-St. Paul, but like they still have people nearby, and they have like peacocks that I don't know if people know that noise that peacocks make. It's loud. Yeah, well, my day was
1: not nearly as uh, eventful as that, although I did go curling for the third time in three days over the weekend. Lost all three games, so that was not good times, but it was fun to be out on the ice again. It's been about six months since I last played.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I knew it had been a while.
1: Yeah, but I got to break in some, I've never owned curling shoes, and I got some for Father's Day, so it's first Father's Day for me, so that was a gift that my wife got for me. And mm-hmm. I got to break those in, which which was good, so by the third game I was less weirded out by what I was wearing on my feet and still throwing <laughs> not great so still you, throwing not great shots but it was uh used are you to trying
0: to blame the losses on your shoes is, is that what i'm hearing no from? of all
1: the reasons the shoes are like 10 number 10 but uh my overall lack of skill would probably be the first and uh, second and third reason uh, <laughs> but no it's kind of like i mean I, I imagine most of the people listening to this have never curled so the other thing I would equate it to, which I haven't really played much of, but I, I took lessons many years ago, is golf. Where every few shots or many shots, you actually hit a decent one, and you're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. okay, that's what I'm supposed to do." And like every once in a while, when you when you have a good shot, it keeps you coming back. It's that you know variable reinforcement schedule of making it worth it. So. Some games, it's like every shot or three is a good one. Other games, it's like every five, which is not that great. And when you're playing a team that doesn't really miss, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> uh, it gets a little frustrating. But we had we had fun. It was a good time to be out there.
0: See, I, I don't think of it as golf. I think of it as uh, either bocce ball or shuffleboard on ice. Well, yes. Yes. It's
1: uh, They often refer to it as chess, chess on ice, if you will. very very strategic
0: Uh uh-huh you laugh man it's
1: intense out there
0: look i i I don't deny that there's skill involved i'm just i'm not gonna go with the chess part
1: so anyway so that was fun and then had some stuff uh in-laws for kind of first father's day and Mm -hmm. um yeah just you know already getting ready for the the work week excited to have our, our our chat here
0: Yeah, uh, just I think that the title of this show should be curling shoes because (laughs) (laughs) nothing is going to grab ratings like curling in the title.
1: Hey man, every four years people tune in; they they can't
0: get enough, and it's uh, at at like three in the morning on on like NBC SN. Yeah,
1: I remember. Back in 2000, I think that's when the Winter Olympics were in 2000, Like I had stayed up all hours of the night to to watch curling. I've, I've been in for a while. Right. I grew up a hockey fan, and I like parlor games, so mm-hmm. it seemed like a natural fit. I was like, oh, Good it's an interesting thing. And I've been playing since 2012, when I moved back to Minnesota, mm-hmm. so... Most people what I, can probably find a curling club near them, strangely enough. So there's ones in Atlanta, there's ones in Houston. You can find one if you want to check it out and give it a give it a go.
0: What I remember about curling is I can't remember if it was the last Winter Olympics or the one before, but there was a female curling team that was very attractive and got a lot of hype because of of that unfortunately not because of their skill in curling but because of our society you know because they were easy on the eye
1: well there's been a few incidents of that over the years there was a i think canadian curler and then probably the one you're thinking of was the the russian team because she was also a model and they kind of mm-hmm. certainly played that up during the during the Olympics and right. but yeah i've met some of the olympians here cuz most of them are either training or are from minnesota and the different curling clubs that <laughs> played at uh, <laughs> like the guy who won the bronze medal for the usa team he was right at the table next to us today when we were when we were playing and after the game so it's a, it's very much a subculture mm-hmm. it's a small tight knit tight-knit group i think like if you were into like frisbee golf or something you would know all the people in town who frisbee golf
0: it's kind of if you're into frisbee golf and it was an olympic sport exactly yeah
1: we're making a lot of leaps here (laughs) so that's enough about curling probably but it's fun it's good (laughs) good times even when you're losing it's you know frustrating like any kind of competitive thing but it's fun enough to keep coming back and wanting to play more Which kind of ties into some of the stuff we've been talking about recently with video games and how you don't have enough time to play them, but Mm -hmm. especially the competitive stuff, you get rolled by people when you play online. Mm -hmm. It it turns you off to the game.
0: (laughs) So have you been turned off to curling now because you got rolled, or are you back for more?
1: No, well, I'll be playing in my normal league each fall that starts up in... Like late October, early November, so I probably I won't play for another, you know, four or five months.
0: Okay. There's no bond spiels between now and then to get it on.
1: No, look at you with the fancy curling terminology. <laughs> See, you act like you don't know what's up. There's there's always, especially here, there's in Minnesota, there's different tournaments going on, but yeah, I'm not going to participate in any. Any other ones? A couple of years ago, I played in a summer league, which was mm-hmm. which was enjoyable because it'd be eighty-five degrees outside, and then you go in and you're kind of chilly on the ice. So right. What's kind of the one hobby that you have that's a little off kilter?
0: I feel like they're all a little off kilter right now, just because uh, going back to school and then still trying to run my own business. Which, incidentally, if anyone has checked out the sad state of of my collectible store that is not my my main business i run another thing sort of like that but that i actually (laughs) have to make some time for because it makes makes money so between doing those two things and then just you know trying to be a dad and you know so is this your creator site right i'm looking at it right now yeah it uh really has not gotten any love in a while um i hope now that I'm kind of done for the summer, that I'm gonna do a lot of. One of the most annoying things about it is that it it for the collectible store is it spontaneously relists things on me that like I haven't had in years, and then with Magic cards because of the price fluctuations that typically means if anybody's interested in it, it's a great price, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then they're mad at me that I don't actually have that card. You know, the the hosting on eCreator is free, and it's definitely a lesson, and you get what you pay for, but um uh it's what really fits for the budget cuz i don't charge shipping costs and try to to keep things really cheap so that the cards will actually sell so but anyway um to getting back to your question be- because of trying to keep up with all these things like i feel like most of my hobbies are kind of off kilter like i haven't actually sat down and played a real game of magic in i think several months now there's a whole set that has come out that I really haven't touched. And, you know, DJing has been kind of the same that's starting to pick up a little bit because I've been planning with my DJ friend when we're doing our next dance party, which is just kind of our, a house party that's an excuse for us to inflict playing <laughs> playing music that we like on on everybody else and uh, kind of a rave in my living room and um, so yeah we've started to talk about that so that's kind of getting me going a little bit more there but yeah it's they're they're all a little off kilter right now like, I haven't I've barely listened to any records recently like it's 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 been tough
1: so this leads into something I wanted to chat with you about which we really didn't plan for this to be a topic but I want to talk about it. Cause yep. So one of the things, and we've talked about this in other episodes, is you know our different tastes in music, and we give each other a hard time about that. So right. one of the things that you really enjoy and follow closely, and kind of related to the whole dance party thing, is the EDM. So like dance music, and that's something that you're very much into. You have the, the DJ and mm-hmm. stuff. It's a hobby of yours. And I've always been wondering why. <laughs> <laughs> And not and from like I'm a judging judging you standpoint like i i right. I definitely enjoy that music at times, but not nearly on the same level as you do and I just there's like something I feel like I'm missing about it, so I'm not putting on you on trial, but what is it right. about that that you find appealing?
0: well, I mean let's start with the term edm because it's kind of a i would equate it to like calling alternative music alternative music <laughs> it's, it's a, an unfair catch-all yeah it's an unfair catch-all i don't particularly like it i think a lot of people don't like it a lot of people when you say edm kind of what is coming to their mind is a genre that uh, a lot of people call big room it's like the cheesiest of the cheesiest that's there to like motivate huge crowds of people so if you turn on some festival from you know europe that's got a a million people at it or even electric daisy carnival which is going on this weekend which maybe we'll talk about a little bit too Um, i'm sure you'll find a way to squeeze it in yeah you'll catch a lot of djs playing this kind of music and it's you know it's not my thing at all um i'm not saying it's you know necessarily good or bad but it's just kind of Lowest common denominator is harsh. I mean, it has a purpose. It, the purpose is is it's like kind of generic. You kind of feel like you've heard it before. It follows similar patterns. And like I said, it's there very much to try to get thousands of people da- dancing at once. But in Sometimes terms of you just got to play bangers, it, man. Right. Right. And, and I mean, to me, there's a lot of different bangers and lots of different genres. And that's kind of the challenge is to find those and the ones that you find to be both Affecting people that way and also a little bit more interesting to listen to. <laughs> so, I mean, my history with the genre goes back to, um, I guess, the early 90s. Uh, yeah, uh, 93 or so, which – or no, that's that's a little off. It'd be more like 96, I guess. Uh, but anyway, get a little bored with what was going on in sort of the whole – grunge and all that was kind of getting stagnant you know we had moved from having all the really cool stuff to kirk cobain is dead and uh you know pearl jam and bands like that are still making pretty good music but 96 had the macarena i mean that's the high water mark yeah so uh you know you've got like the candle boxes and what was the other band that i get confused with candlebox cuz they both think yeah, maybe yeah so just pretty for yeah, me i have those I'm...
1: cd's like everybody <laughs> else
0: so for me pretty uninteresting music and so i was just getting a little bit bored as i tend to do and so when i get bored musically I couple of different things happen. I either go backwards in time and find something that I kind of miss and get into that or...
1: Travel into find, the future.
0: <laughs> find something else that's that's kind of the new hot. And at that moment in time um, in England, there were like some bands that were starting to really be a big deal. They hadn't quite gotten here yet, so this is like the Chemical Brothers, um, Prodigy, um... Uh, You know, there are some other ones that uh, like Underworld um, and whatnot. And so it was starting to be a big thing there and, you know, something that people in the States were interested in, but on a much, much, much smaller level. And around that time, I was bartending and there was a show on MTV that came on late at night called Amp um, that just played – those kinds of, of videos. And so I would get home from the it's bar. Like the kind equivalent of Headbangers out. Ball, but not Headbangers yeah, Ball. Headbangers Ball for electronic music. And there was also a time where, you remember when videos started and they were like little weird art pieces and stuff, <laughs> you know, in the early 80s. When still like kind of met something? Yeah, very strange videos. And then it just kind of became like a, a promo for the band. So like, it looks like
1: <laughs> Amp came out. To 90, 1996
0: to 2001. Yeah, so we're, this is like the 96 era that I'm I'm talking about. And um, yeah, so videos have gotten really stagnant. Like they tended to just be sort of a commercial for the band. It was very often just like a live performance. I mean, there's some cool stuff. Like there were like the Spike Jones videos and stuff.
1: But there was no opening okay Go and... back in the day doing <laughs> stuff like that.
0: There, there were. I mean, like people had you know, people that became like real directors like Spike Jones doing some cool videos. But those were pretty few and far between at that point. Fincher did some videos, didn't he? Didn't he do videos for Nine Inch Nails? I think so, yeah. And so AMP was just kind of one weird, a lot of times really cool video after another and just a really new kind of music and – just hit me at the right time. And so, was really into the Chemical Brothers most of all, but just kind of a lot of the electronic acts of that time, which was there was a genre called Big Beat that kind of came and went, but that they were associated with Chemical Brothers, especially were associated so that with that related to Big
1: Bad Voodoo Daddy?
0: No, no, it's not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it just started there. Um, I mean, I've always. I played music, dabbled in music, and I think that that helps because um, there's, a, to me, a lot of interesting things going on in the better electronic music, but a lot of it does not have lyrics. <laughs> a lot of it doesn't have someone singing, and you know that's a deal-breaker for a lot of people.
1: I, I have joked at your parties that when other DJs are on there they're playing like popular songs that are remixes and like one song bleeds into the next and there's like the whole crossover thing and then you Mm -hmm. get on there and it's like 45 minutes of just (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: seamless seamless transitions yeah (laughs) I just feel
1: like I'm Brody in the elevator from Marat just over and over again
0: right so my co-DJ tends to play more just kind of what especially like the first few times we did this because she was still really learning how to DJ um, and so she was less concerned about beat mix, like matching similar tempos and styles and beat mixing and just more interested in like I'm going to play all these songs that I like which is what most people do at a party, right? And those so, and
1: those songs have words, which is a benefit. You know, benefit people can sing along and kind of participate.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because I choose purposely choose a lot of songs with words and a lot of remixes and things that I think people will find familiar when I do this. But apparently, it's just not the nonstop spoon feeding that that, that you <laughs>
1: knives are out. Wow, man, spoon feeding. No, I. So what is it that – because I know you enjoy – when I walk into your house now, you have, like, the turntable set up and mixers Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other gadgets that I don't even know the names for them. But, like, you'll play around with a track or different tracks and try to merge them, and Mm -hmm. I don't even know the right language. But much like I would work on a blog post when I'm writing about Dungeons & Dragons, and I would edit it and work on that for, like, a week or two at a time, like, you'll spend that much time on – a few minutes of music basically
0: that's not typically true i mean i have created actual electronic music in the past i i have like a whole cd of it like that i've made and like made copies and gave them to people and like i find it to be enjoyable it's like very much what was able to be done on technology at that time i don't know that it really stands up real well but um So sometimes like sometimes I'm trying to do something really interesting or um, taking two things and kind of blending them together and kind of trying to make like an on the fly remix where I spend a lot of my time just for dance parties is just finding the music that I want to play and then figuring out what I think goes together and how I want to order things. And then you spend a lot of time sort of practicing those transitions that like if you're actually going to try to beat match like where the song's going to come in uh, there's you know you can go down a <laughs> a, uh, a rabbit hole in a hurry on these things but you know there's there there's a lot more artistry to to it than people realize when uh, you know I was just I was watching Electric Daisy Carnival last night streaming and i realized that it was streaming on twitch and so i started watching it with the twitch chat which was really really entertaining oh my goodness but you know there's a lot of comments about you know that guy's just pressing a button and stuff like that which on one hand is is kind of true they are kind of pressing a button i'm um, but there's a lot of planning and artistry about you know, how these things are going to blend together. And a lot of these guys that are getting up there, they're playing four things at once and blending them all together. Although, frankly, some of them are also probably getting up there and pressing play in like, Ableton, and they've completely got it laid out. And they just sit there turning knobs, pretending like they're doing something, because I, I know a lot of that does also happen. Some showmanship. Um, yeah, I would hope that they... That you know, I, I know the guy behind EDC is really passionate about it, so I would hope he would kind of weed those people out. But, um, you know, three nights of having people play all night on that many stages, I'm sure some people get through. It. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, this is a festival that you set.
1: very much like long to be at because I've been out with you some evenings where it's going on and. You're kind of hanging out with us, but you're mostly <laughs> on your phone looking at clips and stuff of this happening.
0: Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm Mr. OG electronic music guy because I got really into it during that period that we talked about. And I first bought turntables like while I was in graduate school, like summer before you met me and really into it. And then so that's know, like 97 that uh, by that point, like it's 98. Probably it's, it's 98, like summer of 98 is when I finally got turntables. Like I'd been really into it for a while, but that's when I finally got the turntables and started trying to do all that. But anyway, um, so yeah, I was really into it. I actually worked at Mars Music in the pro audio department for a while. It was like a moonlighting job and whatnot. And then as sometimes happens with me, like that music, felt like it got kind of stagnant and I moved on to something completely different. And so it was really about, I don't know, I guess it's like three years ago now that, um, again was probably feeling a little bit bored musically. And I happened across a documentary, um, that I'm not sure if you can stream right now. It comes and goes from streaming services, but I believe it's called under the electric sky. And it's about this particular festival that happens um, I think it's basically Father Day's, Father's Day weekend every year in Vegas at the Las Vegas Speedway. They take up the entire thing. It basically becomes like an electronic music festival slash amusement park. Goes all weekend, but only at night. Like it starts at dusk, goes until dawn, rinse, repeat. So it's happening right now. And there's, there's been now.
1: some some controversy at this thing, correct?
0: I don't know that there's been huge controversy about it, um, because Vegas being Vegas, um, I think there's some controversy for a little bit there, um, and some news stories get written about it, um, and definitely they've started to take it to other places, and then there's similar festivals trying to happen other places, and of course, you get together all night dancing, that subculture, which, you know, drugs have always been a part of and you tend to have some unfortunate episodes um you know people overdosing sometimes dying etc so i'm just
1: looking at an article vegas electric daisy carnival hosts thousands dozens of felony arrests hundreds of medical calls right yeah yep but i think uh, any huge festival is going to have that like i i went to woodstock in 99 which- the
0: infamous woodstock
1: Yes. And we, the person I was dating at the time, like the writing was on the wall.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
1: a bad scene and you could yep. tell something bad. I mean, bad things were happening in front of us. And the longer we stayed there, it was like, all right, we, we left early. And so we left before things got really, really out of hand. But even, I mean, you're familiar with the thing in, I think it's Wisconsin, WeFest.
0: <laughs> <Are> we...
1: <laughs> so yes. not, to, yes, I'm not mocking WeFest, but... Why, why don't you explain WeFest for folks who are not familiar? So with...
0: WeFest, which I think is actually in rural Minnesota. Is it um, Minnesota? Yeah, I think so. But either way... Uh, is it Detroit it's Lakes, a, maybe? Yeah, I think it may be. Uh, yeah, it's, there, there's people pissed if they're listening. It's, cause this is a big deal for people that oh, yeah, like country, country music in our area. The, the reason I was laughing is um, I, I worked at the... Uh, Minnesota Twin family study for years and my job there was doing these sort of clinical interviews with twins and their families and and whatnot and it's there was a big, Lakes, Minnesota okay yeah right. and there's there's a big substance use questionnaire basically assessing for substance abuse substance dependence etc and there's a question about like when when was the time that you had the most drinks in a 24-hour period and far and away the number one most popular answer to that not that it came up that much, but it came up a fair amount, was preceded by at WeFest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted. What what was your what was your festival point about WeFest?
1: Well no, it's just the same deal where and, and I mean you know this from your psych background and stuff, just the the mob mentality, the anonymity that comes with being in a crowd that big you yep. th- you throw in copious amounts of alcohol and other substances, really not much in the way of security. And it's we as human creatures don't really handle those situations. Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's country music, rap music, rock music or electronic dance music. These things are going to happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And maybe I have on my rose colored glasses when it comes to um, Electric Daisy Carnival But there's an old-school saying in that community, plur, which is peace, love, unity, respect. And to me, from afar, it really comes across. And I think that they do do a pretty strong job of trying to keep things safe and police things and whatnot. Like, I haven't heard a whole lot of stories of, like— you know, sexual assaults and stuff coming out of, out of that festival, which if you see what people are choosing to wear or not wear, like on one hand, you kind of be like, well, oh, that's, <laughs> seems like those kinds of things might be happening. But, um, I think there, you know, there has been a really good vibe around it. Now it'll be interesting to see as time goes by and more people and more people are aware of it. And there's a lot of talk here about the, the, there's been another huge bump in that kind of music like the last few years and that that is kind of coming to an end. And so, you know, we'll see if the ugly side of things starts coming out or or not. But, um, yeah, no, I I don't have a lot of concerns for, like, my personal safety in going there. I think the bigger concern is (laughs) my advanced age in, in going there and how long I can hack it for something that doesn't even start until it gets dark and that goes until morning and then, you know, does that again for two more days.
1: Well, even like the last convention we went to was Gen Con, which is very uh, not to the level of intensity in many ways as the thing out in Vegas you're talking about, but certainly something where you have to pace yourself.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we were wiped out when we would get home in the evenings, but, you know, we did go all day and this is kind of the same thing but go all night granted you're supposed to be dancing and stuff the whole night which is a little more intense than walking around to vendors and then sitting on your butt playing magic the gathering which is what i tended to be doing at at that but um you know i still feel like i can hack it so you think if you got out there you'd actually enjoy yourself i think that i would my wife thinks that i would not so what's her rationale Her rationale is that, like, say we just go to a local show at First Avenue. Um, Sometimes I'm real picky about the scenario under which I'm going to enjoy that show. Like, am I smashed together with teenagers jumping up and down and smacking me in the face with, like, you know, the backpack they're trying to wear or, uh, you know, just all kinds of things. Like, I can be real particular about what's going to be good or not good. So she feels like I'm going to get there and because this whole thing is kind of out of control and overwhelming that I'm that I'm going to get overwhelmed. And it could be right. I think or I hope that because it is kind of a – I mean it's expensive to go. Like I think just the tickets are like $400 or something like that and clearly getting to Vegas, staying in Vegas, like it's not a cheap thing. So – I would hope that my attitude about it would be like this is an experience and, you know, come into it a little more. It sounds
1: like something you would need a a wig man for.
0: Yeah, I I think I know me being me, I would be doing a lot of research about kind of the best ways to do it and whatnot. Um, you know, it's it's funny because I there's a lot of really cool festivals that go on around and, you know, the, you see the lists of bands. It's something like, you know, Bonnaroo or. Sasquatch, or um, the one that happens by LA and the desert that I'm blanking on right now. Anyway, it, you know, I feel like it'd be awesome to go, and at the same time, I'm realistic enough to know, like, mm, <laughs> only when I can afford like VIP um, tickets where I have like a seat to go to that maybe it, that's covered and. Uh, you know, get taken to a hotel at night because I'm I'm not I'm not really about the whole camping and you know the the Woodstock experience, if you will.
1: Yeah, sleeping in a car and being dirty yeah. and paying ten dollars for a bottle of water it's not it's, it's right. not advisable.
0: I think it's you know there's a time in your life for that, but I'm definitely past that. So I'm interested in going to those festivals, but only under really the right circumstances. And so. You can see why she thinks like maybe going to this is not going to be what I hope. She's for like, be. you
1: can't hang anymore, old man. Just let it <laughs> right. go.
0: But again, watch like, it on I... your
1: little Twitch stream
0: and enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah, and and she, you know she may be right. I again, I I hope that were i to go that i would you know approach it with this sort of this is an experience you're going to do this once you know let's make the most of it and, and whatnot but won't know until i try it and remains to be seen if if i will um but uh you know here's open
1: well and it you know it kind of ties in with an overall theme of the stuff we've been talking about on different episodes is like interest in hobbies things that maybe 20 years ago you would throw yourself into in a different way there's just not the same capacity to do that as much. And that, it it creates some, I mean, I'll, I'll throw it out there. It creates some kind of sadness and grief about not mm-hmm. being able to, to do that. Like, I was joking about curling and stuff before. And had I gotten into curling in my 20s, I probably would have taken lessons. I would have been playing much more often and tried to focus on getting better. And now it's just like, oh, it's something fun to do. And it's great when we win, and I hope to get better over time, but... You know, it's there's just other things that are taking on more prominence, more importance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't. There's a couple. There's a lot of things in what you're just talking about. I mean, I think for me, like, you know, there's definitely been a number of things like that. Um, when I f- first started get really getting into magic again, even at that point where I was st- still a lot older than your average person playing on the magic pro tour but that was kind of like the dream that i was having like i not that i wanted to like actually be able to turn pro but that i just would love to qualify for one of the pro tours and would love to be to do really well and like (laughs) the dream of all dreams is to top eight where they put your like a profile about you on the website and the whole reason for that being is that i can put it on social media and endlessly tag my wife on it so she can be mortified <laughs> over and over.
1: And you can direct people to your store like, Hey man, I'm on magic.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, it probably would be great for running a store if one has actually, you know, running a, a professional store Mine is, is far from that. But um, so, yeah, you know, there was a point that I realized like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to be able to play magic as much. And, and frankly, I could, Potentially play it every bit as much as I want to, and still not be that good because there is a lot of skill involved in being a really good magic player, and I think it's debatable whether I have that <laughs> potential anyway, but whether I do or not, you know it just became clear like yeah that's I'm not gonna have time for that, and so I had to kind of reorient myself about like okay well, what i am I going to do with this that I really enjoy doing and You know, we talked last week, I think, about, you know, me playing Halo a lot and getting not like I was one of the best Halo players, but I was a very, very good Halo 2 player. And, like, now when I try to play those games and every now and then, like, you know, you, you see the sweet, you know, commercial for one and you're like, yeah, and, you know, you grab it and you're really excited and I'm just, like, in the, like, online multiplayer, I'm just terrible. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I want to blame it on, like, oh, my interconnection is bad and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, no, mostly I think I've just, I'm old, I'm out of practice, et cetera, et cetera. And so, yeah, there's a lot of that going on and some grief like that for me. Um But I also find for me personally that... I'm not real interested in sort of those societal norms that we've come up with for like what age you're supposed to do this or that. And when you're supposed sure. supposed to not do those things anymore. I mean, I, that's probably apparent already. We're talking about my old ass going to, you know, Electric Daisy Carnival. But um, in any case, uh, so there's a lot of things that I still find myself wanting to do engaged with that – would sort of um, stereotypically be associated with being younger, and I I think that's at least for me that's important in terms of like sort of staying happy, staying healthy, staying you know stimulated, etc. So you know I think it's just finding that balance between some things that you know if I were interested in partying, like I was a you know twenty two-year or 21-year-old frat bro like you know my body is not gonna <laughs> not gonna support that over the long haul sure. uh, and
1: something that i think would be interesting to talk about not not in this episode because we're kind of winding down but mm-hmm. in the future i mean you you have children and a, a son who's how old now he's 10 10 okay i wanted to say 10 but then i was thinking eight and then i felt on the spot and i was like uh how old is he um, but yeah, so he's 10. I mean, my son is five months, so I got a long right. way to go, but even thinking about not living vicariously through them, but hmm. like watching them go through their own stuff. And I wonder if that kind of fills not, I think a void is a strong word, but if that kind of fills part of that, where the energy and attention you devoted to your own happy hobbies, you sort of fu- funnel into Helping them figure out what they like or enjoying them do their thing. I don't know what what has that
0: been like for you briefly. Yeah, I mean we we <laughs> we say this every week, but I mean we could do a whole yeah and we will podcast about that. We will. Um, you know, I think that looks really different for every parent, um, and I I personally think there's kind of a, there's a happy medium in there. Like when I had kids I was always really it was really important to me not to to turn into what I saw as sort of being the stereotypical parent or sort of family person in and around me which is it feels like a lot of people get to a certain age they have a family and they just kind of drop off the face of the earth. Like their family is what matters to them and that's what they do. That's kind of their entire life. Like they work and it's family stuff and that's, it's not it, but that's kind of how it feels. (laughs) And I was always of the mindset of like, no, like family is really, really important to me, but I'm also going to have fun. I'm going to want to continue to, you know, see friends and go out and do stuff and have fun. Um, and so it maybe looks a little bit differently for me for that reason. And then I, I don't think we've talked about it on this this show. But another difference for me is that my son is on the autism spectrum. So there's a little bit of differences there. Uh, he's you know high-functioning autism, which is not an f- official term anymore. He's Asperger's, which is also not an official term anymore. But long story short, he's way above average intelligence, but – struggles more like socially and um he knows how to lot. make
1: fun of me really well yeah he, yeah, he does <laughs> he's learned that uh, from you
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then um uh, for him and this is is a fairly typical thing there are more challenges around like sort of um like gross motor skills and fine motor skills to some degree as well so like you know he struggles to really pick up and learn a sport. It's hard for him to like look at what somebody is doing and just copy that. Like that's not how his brain works. Like it takes a lot of practice. So like still at 10 at this point, like riding a bike well consistently is still a challenge. Even like tying his shoes consistently is a challenge because there's like all the slip on shoes and whatnot where he doesn't have to do it all that often. So he learns it and gets pretty good and then it fades over time. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this is long story short um, you know, some of those typical dad things, which I would have been totally into of him like, playing a sport and getting to, like, do that. Like, those things aren't... I'm not going to get to do that vicarious things for him. There, there are other things. He's a big video games kid. We already get to play video games together. Um, I can totally see him, you know, playing Magic. Um, you know, maybe he won't because it's what his dad likes. But anyway, there will be a lot of things that he'll do that will be fun for me. But um, some of the, the ones that maybe people think of when they say that are probably going to apply to me less. So sorry, that's probably a longer answer than you wanted.
1: No, no. And I guess I I think it's definitely something we could spend a a whole lot of time on. You know, I've known your son now for quite a while and it's been fun to watch him figure things out, you know. And like I said, like we went out to dinner, you know, your family and, and, and my family met up and he was his thing lately. When he interacts with me is like he, i don't know if he's still doing it but like draws robots and mm-hmm. he'll like draw a mic bot and then he was mm-hmm. drawing anti mic bots and he kept adding features to the anti mic bots that were like kind of assaulting my character <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we were giving we were all giving him suggestions
1: i know things. but the one he came up with is like like the anti mic bot was just holding something that said good music which was just <laughs> hilarious
0: and I'm like, did he, just, did he just do that? Like, <laughs> he heard us giving you crap about that. So. Yeah, and
1: he was making fun of me because I was, I was kind of salty about the Beauty and the Beast remake because um, right. I went to see it. I was excited, and they changed Gaston's song, and somehow he heard me say that and like remembered it, and it was part of his anti Mike bot. And I just kind of right. blew, blew my mind that he was like, you know, locked in. To like what we talk about, so
0: oh yeah, yeah, he's gonna remember stuff. Yeah, so you don't you can't sit there thinking even if he's like seems like he's playing a game. If you are talking about things, that is all going in there, and we'll get thrown back at you.
1: Yeah, so yeah, well, I think we'll we'll definitely uh, be talking about the the kiddos as as time goes on. But maybe as we wind down here, uh, we had another uh, track of the week, and so
0: do you want me to go first, and you can kind of end it on your. EDM note or how do you want to do this well we, you know we talked about that originally but we ended up having the you know we've we've talked EDM so we can do it either way I've got yours queued up though so okay so yeah just
1: quickly before we finish off here um, kind of another segment we're gonna do from time to time our track of the week so I just found out that this song was released this evening uh, not too long before we started recording so I um, was a fan of the killers back in the day. Uh, when they were kind of a relevant band, uh, really enjoyed their albums, uh, still think their first two albums, including Sam's town is like really, really great. I saw them with my wife in concert in 2007 in Houston and they put on a really great show. And then not soon thereafter, they kind of fell by the wayside they put out another album, I think. Then they had like a B-Sides album that was kind of okay. But they have a forthcoming album coming out, and their first single from that is this song called The Man, which is interesting because it kind of pokes fun at the lead singer's propensity for being a little bit of a jackass back in the day. And um, so just listening to it, it's kind of funky, has this almost disco feel to it. But yeah, check out the song. It's really good. I'm excited for The Killers to be back in my life. I don't know if you can play a bit of
0: the song. I I think the fuzz is just going to be
1: there.
0: So here's a little
1: bit of the killer's new song, The Man.
0: So yeah, we are broadcasting this over Skype, and I know it's not the greatest audio quality, but hopefully people will get a little bit of a taste in there. Yeah, you get the idea.
1: Um, So what's the track you have this week? What was your selection (laughs) about?
0: Well, so uh, full disclosure, I had no warning that 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 was what we were going with this week, so I was scrambling around trying to figure out what to do, and since it is EDC weekend and I like to troll you with music with with no lyrics, I decided to go with a track called Onyx by Jason Ross. He is part of a label um, Well, I'm, I'm sure he's on lots of labels because that's how electronic music works, but there's a label called Anjuna. Uh, the most famous act on that, the people that own the label is uh, Is this the same called-
1: person that uh, performed Slam back in the 90s?
0: Man, uh, no. The artist is Jason Ross. The song is Onyx.
1: <laughs> Come on, man! Anytime you can get an Onyx reference into a podcast from back in the day, you gotta take you gotta take your shot.
0: I prefer the Onyx and Biohazard version of that.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I've heard that. Anyway, I'm interrupting. My, my right? apologies
0: no uh and so the the biggest act the act that owns this label is a group called Above and Beyond they're part of what got me back into the genre they're right like right on the razor's edge of being a little too cheesy for me but they're also just like one of the most like sort of like optimistic upbeat um Acts that I've ever been around And they also are really good About finding talent And getting them out there And getting them publicized And whatnot And this is kind of one of the people From their label It's just kind of a banger Like, I just, you know Here, we'll
1: That's, by the way, the name of our episode It's just kind of a banger (laughs) (laughs) Yeah yeah.
0: Alright, so yeah As I was saying it's just it's a track that I enjoy. It's a I would play it during kind of the prime time of dance party, we're trying to get people to dance. It's good for driving in your car and listening to. You. Uh, it does not have any lyrics whatsoever, so if, you're, if you need that or need to sing along, it's not going to be the thing for you. But again, it's EDC weekend, so thought I should go with something to commemorate that and yeah so
1: doing a liquid ball over on this side
0: good good your your uh, plant at my house mrs yeah,
1: we'll was to... that plant was a very good dancer
0: uh-huh we we'll, we'll, we'll take it to the drop here
1: you're totally grooving out on that side aren't you
0: I am So there you go. That is Onyx by Jason Ross. Cool. I was really tempted to do the cheesy uh, EDM DJ, which you will hear a lot if you tune into the to streams of, of EDC where the DJ feels the need to yell. Like, as it gets to the drop, they do something like, Are you ready? <laughs> one, two, one, two, three. Like, everybody can't tell that it's about to happen. Anyway, it's, I find it to be really really annoying um that's probably one of the reasons i like above and beyond they have this much more elegant thing where they have a computer where they can type messages to the crowd that sort of show up on the big screen behind them um which is just so much of a nicer way to interact with the crowd rather than they always turn the music down when are you going to
1: get your big thing so you can like type messages to us when we're in your living room for dance party like that's got to be the next thing
0: uh, I, I don't know if you're kidding or not because Lisa and I totally have talked about like how can we do that? Like it's harder than you might think. Like uh, a while ago, like when we were doing one of the previous dance parties, I had thrown out there on social media, like, um, does anybody know how to create uh, like a active text box that would go over <laughs> an audio visual? <official? laughs>
1: well, if anybody listening knows how to do this, get in touch with Chris on Twitter and help them out
0: yeah I'm, I'm av challenged for sure like uh even the audio stuff i'm a little behind the times these days so
1: well excellent so uh we're gonna wrap it up there with uh a little bit of music uh for you we spent a lot of time on kind of music and hobbies and a little bit of grief but uh yeah fun uh, chatting with you again and we'll do this uh same time next week hopefully yep excellent if you want to get in touch with me on Twitter any questions or ideas about the show you can reach me at the id dm and Chris how can I get in touch with you
0: again Twitter you can do at GeekZinga it's kind of been a underutilized but it's what I'm using to, to communicate the most about this usually if you say anything to Mike he's going to tag me and I'll be in the conversation too but it's at GeekZinga on Twitter excellent
1: so have a good week yep you too all right thanks everybody